You're listening to audio from Anchor Bible Church in Centerpoint, Iowa. If you'd like to find out more about our ministry, please visit www.anchorbibleia.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we've been able to gather here in the midst of praise and worship, announcements, children's messages, and prayers, Lord, we know that you are present. And we come to you now asking, God, that you would allow us in these moments that follow to be able to put aside whatever is taking place this past week, whatever might be consuming our minds right now, Lord, that we would be able to be here with each other. That as we move to your word, that or you would teach us, that you would show us, that you would reveal something about ourselves, or that ultimately we would grow closer into a relationship with you as a son or a daughter who's been saved through your son, Jesus Christ. And so God, we ask and pray that you be with us the power of the Holy Spirit now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is a good day. It's a fun day. It's uh, always a joy as you uh, step into church. There's a bunch of BBS stuff. I'm not going to lie. When I got here early this morning, we set up the baptismal tank. I was staying in this tent. It's like the churches, like Galaxy 16. What would happen if I sat in there and preached a sermon to you? I don't know. Maybe some people are like, hey, they, they gave me a resting spot. Maybe the sermon's going to be boring today. I don't know. But there's a tent up here. I'm really excited. There's going to be lots of kids running around today and this week. So I uh, want to just encourage you as we lift it up in our prayer time to continue to be praying for uh, VBS. And, and also the opportunity is uh, we have some families that aren't necessarily connected with us uh, here on a regular basis. Just an opportunity to be able to share the gospel with them. And, and that's ultimately... Uh, in part, where we're going this morning as we continue in James. So on your way in, if you didn't get one of these, uh, for those that weren't here last week, we're going to start doing this uh, throughout our James study here. These are uh, just little itty-bitty sheets. Uh, each week you're going to have some important key points on it, and then on the back side, some sermon notes, uh, an opportunity for you uh, to, to really dig in and also keep that in your Bible or with you throughout the week um, as we study James. And so I just wanted to start this morning really by asking you a question, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it here, but how many of you, show of hands, found joy this past week when you were in a test or a trial? Yeah? Man, it was a struggle for me. It was a struggle for me. I had this constant reminder, Andrew, joy, seek joy, seek joy. And as we talked last week of James opening up saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter many tests and trials. And we hear that profound statement for us to live into this Christian principle, uh, the way in which we are supposed to live our lives. Those tests refine us. They draw us closer to God. And if we aren't sure how to apply them, James says you need to ask God for the wisdom of how you apply those tests and the lessons in your lives. And so this morning, as we come from uh, the tests and and learning wisdom, uh, we move into this last section of chapter 1 in James. And I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible with you, uh, to turn to James chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 19. And I'm reading from the NIV. The scripture is also on the screen here. Here is the word of God. My dear brothers and sisters, 
Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Hmm, the word of God for us this morning. Right up front here, James is saying, be quick to listen. Now, there are a few reasons for this. We have to remember that James is writing to Jewish Christians and, and this audience as they would come to church. The word would be spoken to them. Much in what we're doing right now. But the difference for them and for us, you and I have this imprint. We can take this with us. The Jewish Christians, as they would come to church, and as the word was spoken from the Old Testament, it was for them to listen to, to bind upon their hearts. So it was quick to listen. While you're there, be a captive listener. Listen to every single word that is spoken. When we take the time to be intentional and listen, things begin to happen. But in some way, shape, or form, as you and I have the beautiful Word of God to take home with us, it is uh, easily found on our phones and everywhere we could possibly want or desire or have the intention to do so. It seems like even in all the ways that we can access the Word of God, we don't. As the Old Testament wasn't rolling off the printing press for uh, those in this context... It is for us today. And so we begin by the first statement, be quick to listen. How are we listening as people? This is a present challenge for us in our culture. How many of us have not listened, but have been eager to say something? Look at our interactions on social media, online. Twitter, Facebook, there's a whole bunch of other stuff I don't know, whatever the apps are. Just about every social media outlet is a place for somebody to say something. Simply put, we live in a very opinionated culture. Now think about what these focal areas of our lives, as James is talking about here, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. What would it look like for you to sit in God's word and to know this is who we are to be as Christians? To be quick 
to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. When we take that time to be intentional, it's hard to listen before you speak and to be slow to anger. It's so easy, we complicate it. I stand before you confessing that I fail at this core Christian life principle all the time. My wife is here to attest to seven years of it. Perhaps you can relate with me. Speaking before we listen or letting anger get the best of us I fall into this trap all too often. Anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Pay attention to how James lays this out. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Every one of you should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And you know what? He doesn't even skip a beat. He goes right to addressing anger. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. He doesn't first address why we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. He first addresses anger because of the prevalence within the human life. And all the challenges that we have in our lives today, it seems like anger is a just response to what we see. But anger doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Think of the times that you... And I think of the times that I've been angry. Has that anger ever solved anything? Has that anger ever made a situation become quickly resolved? Notice it's not a don't ever be angry. It's, it's a be slow to anger. Anger has its place, but it is not the res- first response we're supposed to have in each case. Again, we read, because human anger does not produce the righteousness of God, therefore get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. We're to notice that anger is attributed to moral filth and evil. In the Greek, the moral filth is a dirty rag that is to be thrown away because it has no use. We're to accept God's word, not anger as the appropriate, appropriate response in life. But as we read and hear these three categories of the Christian life, as James deals with anger right away, I wonder what's going through your minds and your hearts right now. Because I was thinking of myself and my own story and testimony even up to this day. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. James strikes the core by not saying, don't just listen to the Word of God. Live it. It seems counterintuitive as he's saying, uh, be quick to listen. But what we need to hear is that listening isn't enough. The listening aspect also has the doing aspect, living your faith. Again, I ask you, how many of you found joy this past week in a trial or a test that you faced? 
as I found myself continually repeating James 1, consider it pure joy, consider it pure joy. Finding joy is hard sometimes. It can be challenging. And I want you to know that as I stand here, as I reflect upon what G- James is saying here and, and the entire gospel in its entirety, I think about all the ways that God has brought me out of a place of not knowing anything, not even knowing anything about him. And I recall through a funeral that I was asked to help out with the youth group. And I wanted nothing to do with church. And the pastor said, Andrew, just come and try it on a Wednesday night, see what it's like. And I showed up to the church and was at this youth group and, you know, they had a pretty cool band, but the the youth pastor just preached an amazing message. I had never heard anything like it. And I said, well, I'll come again. And and I, I went again. And about the third time that I attended, they said, okay, we'd like to have you help out with the youth group, not just attend it. I said, who? Nope. Stop right there. I'm just an observer. I just want to watch. They said, no, 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 no. You need to help us. Here's 12 junior Linmar boys. I want you to sit with them every week. I want you to pray for them every week. Text them, call them, do whatever you can to send them scripture, help them. And I said, no, can't do that. And yet I still did it. And I remember the first time that I was sitting in this small group room with all of these students and they're looking at me and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. But in that moment, God said, you don't have to do anything. Just sit here and be with them. I didn't know anything about scripture. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to even look scripture up. I had just learned what a chapter and verses were, how it was written out. But something happened because those students started to open up and ask me questions about life. And then I started asking them about life. And and this beautiful thing happened where we developed this relationship and we started to actually care for each other. And I was intentional about what they were doing and, and their sports and all these different things, their home lives, all of that. And then along the way, in my time that I wasn't with the students, I was able to open God's word. I was able to learn and grow and be discipled. Going back to those moments, I wanted to be angry that that pastor was asking me to do something that I didn't want to do. And I remember having a conversation with that pastor saying, hey, really, really was not equipped for that. And you were really stern. You were really in my face about that. I don't think that I'm a good fit to continue to work with these kids because the areas that we're stepping into, the the places that they're needing help, I'm a hypocrite. For me to sit here and tell these juniors, don't drink, don't go to parties, don't do dumb things, I was doing tenfold I was doing what I'm now sitting in a place telling these kids not to do. And that pastor said, Andrew, don't you think God could use your mistakes in the brokenness of your own life to help them not do what you've done? 
Obviously, that's common sense, right? And it was just this light bulb moment that God wanted to use the mistakes that I had made to help these other young men. And that all started with me not knowing anything. And as I stand here, as we read the word given by James, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. I wonder, do we, right here at Anchor Bible Church, do we take an account for our own faith and intentionality and the ministry that happens here? In many ways, yes. And in many ways, no. And so I'm just going to invite you here for a second because I'm going to, what I'm about to say, I say this in grace and truth and love, so buckle up. Since we moved here to the sanctuary, we are able to start up with Sunday school. The first time in 17 years this church was able to offer Sunday school. 17 years we went without Sunday school. And your faithfulness of this building project and all the ways in which God equipped you and provided brings us to the moment to be able to celebrate, to open up to young families. And now I know there was a lot of different things that uh, weren't uh, great on Summit Street as far as having Sunday school. For one, buildings were a problem. Sunday school on a Sunday morning to get the kids to go to another building, got to bundle them up and take them out in the winter. That's not very much fun. But there was also the question, who's going to help? Who's going to help lead these kids? Now, you've heard from Randina. You've heard from Miss Jennifer. You've heard from Marsha. You've heard from so many people who have lived and put everything into the ministry, both in help with D6 classes, VBS. But I stand here today just with an image for us to look at. And if you could project this, if you have this spreadsheet. This is what we've got going on for Sunday schools, for 9 a.m. and then 10.30. Now, I put this up as an image for us, just as one of many ministries that take place, but here's the reality. We're, we're coming to a point where we're probably going to have to shut down Sunday school at 10.30 because we don't have help. There's a probability that that could progress into the 9 a.m. if we continue not to have help. Now, the unfortunate truth is this. You can take that slide down, Tim. Thanks. The unfortunate truth that we face within church is that 10% of the church is doing 100% of the work. How did we get to this? Did we lose sight of our purpose of being the body of Christ? And I'll remind you, if you've forgotten, the vows that we take together as members. The first is this, to renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, to reject the evil powers of this world, and to repent of our sin. 
Two is to accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil and justice and oppression. Three, to confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, put his, our whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as our Lord. Four, to remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and to serve as Christ's representatives in the world. Five, to be loyal to Christ through his church and do all in our power to strengthen its ministries. Six, to faithfully participate in its ministries by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And seven, to receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Now, I know what I just said might give some of you the wiggles in your chair, and I know some of you are like, you know, I'm already doing so much. Hear this. Thank you. You are so beloved, every single one of you. And yet, even for myself, this has been a question that has come out of this week. Are we seeking to come to church to go through the motions? I was in a meeting on Tuesday, and I was sitting with this young, young pastor that's doing a lot of amazing things, and, and he, he really posed the question to me. He's like, are you doing things in ministry, Pastor Andrew, that are just like extracurricular? Like you're just going through the motions? Are you actually doing the, the, the will and work of the kingdom of God? This young man, I'm like, that's a great question. Because I believe that I have. I believe that I have gone through some motions. As I know, each of us have gone through motions. But are we just seeking to go through a motion of church? And you know, it hit me. Oftentimes we like to listen, but we don't like to do. And I don't know about you, but the day in which I stand before my Lord and Savior, I don't want to hear, Andrew, you did a great job going through the motions. Boy, you listened and that's all. If any of us is offended by this, as I was in my own life, as I'm working through this, I was offended at James. I'm like, James, this is hard. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. The question arises if we're offended by God's word, why? Why are we offended? James tells us, Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. James is saying, look in the mirror. How many of us have ever heard that phrase before, right? In the midst of life, and I love the marriage advice earlier, uh, look in the mirror. Now I know some of you bulldogs are probably going to throw some, I don't like to look in the mirror, all that kind of stuff. But James expounds on the fact that we can't just let the word of God, we can't let the Christian life, we can't let church go in one ear and out the other. Because there's something beautiful happening. And I hear, I'm here to testify and to encourage you, it does not matter what you know or don't know. 
It does not matter what you do or you don't know. What matters is that you're willing to say, here I am, God. And there are multiple ways to serve and to be active and and, and to be encouraged that beyond these walls that you and I would be faithful in all of the circumstances, in all the places, that as we are here to listen and, and as we are here to be slow to speak, as we are here to be slow to get angry, that we would go and we would model that to the world. We would model that wherever we are whether it's McDonald's, whether it's at the car shop, it doesn't matter that you would share the goodness of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that you are living in a way in which the world is not. Remember here with me what Jesus says in Matthew 28, the foundation of our mission here at Anchor Bible It's to love God, to love people, and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus says here in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn about me. Believe in me and obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am always with you, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstances, and on every occasion, even to the very end of the age. What encouragement. Our great commission from our Savior saying, go. He doesn't say, go and sit. He doesn't say, Go and speak and go and be angry. Go and do all the. He says, go. Go that we would share the good news. And I love what he has put before us. To learn about him. To believe in him. To obey his words. But we bounce back over to James. And James says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. That's the theology that's brought out in in Romans that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James brings it all home as we talk about our talk. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the, by the world. Verse 26, once again, is a moment for us to look in that mirror. If we call ourselves religious by our attendance or by our motions or by our rituals or by our extracurriculars and yet live a different life in action and word... We are deceiving ourselves. Simply put, are we one thing when we're here and another thing when we're not here? The faith God accepts is one that is not stationary. God calls us into action. And I'd like to read this short section. This is from William Barclay, what he has to say here on religion and also taking care of the orphans and the widows. Listen, we must be careful to understand what James is saying here. The Revised Standard Version translates the phrase at the beginning of James 1.27, religion that is pure and undefiled, the word translated is threshka, 
and its meaning is not much religion as worship in the sense of an outward expression of religion in ritual and liturgy and ceremony. What James is saying is this, the finest rituals and the finest liturgy you can offer to God is this, service to the poor and to the personal purity. To him, real worship did not lie in elaborate vestments and in magnificent music and in careful brought about services. It lay in the practical service to their neighbor and to purity in one's own life. It is perfectly possible for a church to be so taken up with the beauty of its buildings and the splendor of its liturgy that it has neither the time nor the money for practical Christian service. That's what James is condemning. End of William Barclay's quote. So we bring it all together this morning with this. There's a call to action in our faith. If you don't think that God is calling you somewhere, I pray that you would just sit and look around a little deeper. There are ministries that are taking place and there are ministries that don't even exist yet. And God wants to use you. That old saying, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Where are you and I today in our life of faith? Are we those who want to be angry and speak our opinions? Are we those who in the practical everyday life are going to be slow to speak and slow to be angry and yet quick to listen? And lastly, I think this is fitting. The call to action by Jesus in Matthew 16. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. As our Lord tells us that, as he gives us the prescription, as he gives us this ability to pick up our cross daily. Consider it pure joy in the tests and trials that you're going to face. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. All of this for you and I to be refined, to grow For us, like the moral filth of the rag, the things that need to be let off of us work. So sit in the word of God this week. Sit in prayer. Seek the opportunity for God to use you and to expound upon the places and areas that you're gifted in. And know that he is with us now and forevermore. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, yet again, it's a hard word. 
but you are desiring something in us, Lord, that is not of this world. It's you. You're calling us to live a life that's modeled after you. And we pray, Lord, now in this moment, that as we prepare our hearts to leave, that you would help us, Lord, not just go through motions, Lord, that you would help us not to just listen, but Lord, that you would help us to listen and also act. Lord, we know that you're up to something big and beautiful. We're excited and we look forward in anticipation in all the ways, Lord, that you continue to move in our lives. We rely on you, we trust you, we love you, and we thank you. May you, may you use each and every single one of us as we go today to share your good news, to help others to know about you, to believe in you, and to be saved by you. In Jesus' name, amen.